It was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide Okay, 2023 Boog wrap up here in Riptide Media. Top 10 moments of the year. I'm joined with 50% of um, the Riptide head honcho conglomerate, I guess. Elliot Williams, man, thanks for joining me on this wrap up. You could say that, but look, I reckon maybe as this intro, we could do things a little bit differently. Maybe maybe I could take the reins on this one. So I'm just going to yeah, give it a whirl, eh? I'm just, I'm just going to yeah. freestyle this one. I'll hand it over. Yeah, hand it over, hand it over. G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 63 of our verbal journaling and I'm your impromptu host for this evening, Elliot Williams. Well, ladies and gents, today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Today's guest is a true boog tragic. Hailing from the Sutherland Shire, he boasts a voice smoother than a pair of freshly shaven legs. But certainly no smoother than the lines he takes through an oncoming surge freight train out at the island. When he's not in the water, he's usually plotting the return of the famous Shark Island Challenge, or he could be found servicing the pools of the Shire, making sure the acidity levels and the alkali levels are just right. With (laughs) bun number two, bacon firmly in the oven, it's without further ado, I introduce you to today's guest, Luke O'Connor. Luke, my bro, how you doing? No way. Is, is this really been flipped from the 2023 wrap up to me? Getting, <laughs> yeah, bro. No, oh, fuck it. You always, you always um, pump everyone's tyres up so much. I figured, you know, you were due for a bit of, a little bit of gassing up. Fuck, that was so nice and so unexpected. You kept that so well under wraps for our little pre-meeting before the potty here. And I was, yeah, blown away, bro. Thank you again. Thank you for the kind words. In, in that um, short space, I was like, when when we got off the phone, I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this. Eh? And I just quickly wrote something up. You jotted that down so quickly. That was like a five, ten minute gap. That's that's crazy. Bro, my, my fingers were in overdrive. They were going hard. Let's just say you're in the wrong profession, sir. Well, you're in media anyway, so you, you've definitely got no, your toes in highly, highly debatable. You could say that I'm in media. I'm really just <laughs> – hey, look, maybe maybe 2024 is our year. You know what I mean? Um, well, let's put it this way, part-time media. You, you'd have to put it out there but, to everyone. But yes, Riptide is operating and we're having a good time of it. But, yeah, it's a part-time hey, – we're, we're, we're having a good time. We're definitely having a good time. I mean, look, 2023 towards the back end – um, it's pretty, look, for, for me to be straightforward about it, um, we just had, and, and you can, I'm sure you, you watched this from your perspective too, we just had so many dramas and so many like little speed bumps and things that just kept pissing me off about like, you know, the road ahead and what we're trying to do and, you know, the bigger picture in, in what we're trying to recreate with Riptide. And I ended up just partying so much and like there was no surf up our end um of the state for pretty much pretty since I got back. Last three months of the year for sure man pretty much since we got back from java which would have been june july type thing uh, i reckon i surfed maybe four times um like wow. on, a, on a bodyboard on a bodyboard that is um and i just ended up i was just playing so much golf and just drinking so much and then I'd just be hungover and just look at my emails and be like, no, I'm not dealing with that. So, yeah, um, we all go look, through ebbs and flows. 
it, there was definitely a very big a very big ebb towards the back end of um, 2023. But look, moving forward, benders and partying, that's out. You know, 2024, <laughs> that's not happening. It's not our vibe. Um, so we're going to be, you know, things are going to be looking a lot. The, the future is going to be looking a lot brighter is what I'm trying okay, to Okay, just pulling up the socks, lacing the boots, fucking running in hard and straight. And <laughs> giving a fuck. Just pick the ball up and run it straight. That's 2024 it. Shane Webke, you know, <laughs> you know, run at me. <laughs> oh, Webke and seven, seven saver. That's oh, it. Oh, seventy cents a liter. That fella. Yo, what a duo! What a yeah. duo! The the big stride into the hip and shoulder. Bang! It's pretty rare when you see a prop forward last for as long as he did. I think um, Pedro seven saver played for like twelve or thirteen years, man, which is pretty mm. red hot. He had a um, huge career. Um, yeah. For for a big man, maybe even a bit longer. But yeah, he was a he was he was a he was a stalwart. But anyway, we go down the whole fucking NRL um tragic road. Mm, yeah, Coast. we, we digress. A, we digress. We do. We've got a broader um range of listeners, and that's that's epic. We're stoked here on Unreptile how the potty has grown over the last um probably year and a half now, and uh, mm. we just want to bring you the best moments of 2023. And I wouldn't mind starting off the list. It's going to be a top ten. We might dabble in and out of a couple of sub points from these points. So please bear with us. But there's some juicy moments we really want to recap. And when you go back over what happened in 2023, it was another drama-filled year for really good reasons in in so many hype moments and so many peak performances, but for also some low moments that we're going to touch on. But, again, a really good mix, um, some positivity, some negativity, but just downright truths and getting to the bottom of what Bergen really was like in 2023 from our eyes, Elliot. Are you ready to go, bros? I'm ready to go, my bro. Let's get it going. All right. Well, first off the bat, let's just go straight into it. Let's not um, beat around the bush, you know. <laughs> Definitely break a couple of eggs here talking about this story. But Riptide's Java Magnitude 6 trip, brother, and the premieres and road trips that followed. I'm just going to hand this one to you straight off the bat, bro, and let's just go from start to finish. How did that experiment unfold, and what did you reckon? Oh, of it? man. Yeah, well, I guess to answer your, the second half of that question, my thoughts of it was, like, we need more of that. Like, everything about it was just so good. Um, it just really um, took me back to being, you know, an 18-year-old going to a um, – a premiere, a movie premiere somewhere where everyone's just raucous, everyone's getting right amongst it, everyone's frothing, um, the froth levels are through the roof and uh, there's like a broader community. Like, you know how I'm sure you've got this where you've got a lot of your mates who you predominantly just surf with and you don't really see them like at the pub or like outside of the water. It, It was like one of those scenarios where people who you know, I surf with all the time or like people who you only see around the water, you saw them like on the land and like everyone and they brought their mates who didn't even surf and, you know, there was just like every premiere that we did, um, you know, was just like wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder. I mean, you were at the Coldale one. Is that where – yeah, Coldale? Yeah, Coldale was pumping and I was so that- sorry to be at that one because, you know, that's – firstly, the venue is all time. All the fellas from down that way, especially being Danewood's hometown kind of area, like it just had such a um, good feel to it. And everyone knows down there that's like the ultimate 
little zone to have a have a good beer, have a good feed, and and obviously like that. that I didn't realize how good you could clear that inside kind of dining room area out and just pack everyone in there. And the, the shenanigans that went on after the the airing of the movie, like the the movie itself's bullshit. And Cam Stoughton's done an amazing job there, and what you guys have put together behind the scenes, Elliot and obviously Elliot Butler, too, working so hard to get that that stuff done. But the shenanigans that occurred after that fucking film premiered, <laughs> dude, like the inverts, man, and from lofty heights oh. into like stationary furniture that just didn't break, man. Like it, it was, it was, it was fucking wild. I can't believe some cunt didn't break their arm. Look, it was moose mania. It was absolute moose mania. No one broke their arm, but oh, what's Jack? But ba- Max Baker, Jack Baker's little big brother. I think he dislocated his knee. Um, yeah, he, he had did. to get an ambo. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So like, there was no, you know, people didn't come out unscathed. We'll put it that way, but. You know, that whole thing, I kind of um, – I remember Dobbo with um, your podcast with Jack Dobson um, after you were talking about Goodbye Film and he was reminiscing on a bunch of things that he had done and he spoke about getting the um, the minibus from Wollongong all the way up to the Gold Coast or something like that and I was like, nah, I'm doing that. So after <laughs> we got back from Java and made the movie, um, that's when I just plotted – um, you know, the course that we we're going to take, hired out a minibus and I just gripped it and ripped it. And um, it was the whole easy team. Um, and we basically just went from the Gold Coast all the way down to Ulladulla, um in seven days. Um, <laughs> man, we there was a few too many sunrises we saw um, for how much we were driving as well, which was, you know, hopefully there's no cops listening to this, but, you know, Statue of limitations, you can't get me now. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just put just, that out there and just make sure that's clear on the potty, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just wild, bro. And like, it was just really good to see because, um, fuck, man, like, that's kind of the reason why I, I, we decided to take this venture on is because, like, you know, we were sick of just seeing Instagram clips and we we're sick of seeing just you know, the best videos or crazy footage or crazy photos just go on your Instagram feed and just disappear into the fucking metaverse. Um, we wanted to try and do something where it brings the community together. And that's, you know, after that week of um, showcasing the film, that, that's exactly what it did. Um, you know, there was probably like 200 people at the Kingy one, probably 100-odd people at the Port Prem, um, probably 200 people at Coldale, so on and so forth. And, you know, these are all places that aren't really that close together. So it was, um, it was just good to see. And, and, you know, um, collaborating with, um, easy wetsuits made it, you know, without the pun here, um, made it just super easy because they kind of had the same vision as us, um, where they just wanted to actually create something that was a bit more long lasting than a, um, a, a metaverse clip. If that makes sense. I know what you mean, bro. I know what you mean. And you've hit it on the head. And going back through everything that you've done this year, or sorry, yourself and Elliot and the whole team at Riptide have done, um, especially over 2023, so I'm referring to, has been based more back around that community vibe and getting things entrenched back in the community. Like even thinking about Riptide Premium, you're providing a platform from $10 a month that is, you know, pretty cheap, man, for the amount of content and available stuff you can access on there. You know, even through um, – 
just some of like the just just some of the old school clips that you stumble across in there, man. It 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 lights you up, and it takes you back to those days that you're referring to that you're recreating with the premieres, like getting everyone together there and the hype up. I mean, there were there were surfers from all around um, Sydney and Wollongong coming to that Coldale premiere. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it was the same up at Kingcliff and stuff because they know that they're going to have a raucous time. They're going to see ridiculous waves. And the editing is going to be bullshit because we always know that bodyboarding, um, bodyboarding creatives, you know, nine out of ten times are at the top of their game and then saturate over into surfing and take that up another fucking level. And as a high tide in the harbour raises all ships, like water sports just gets better in general. So, yeah, what everyone's done in Riptide 2023 without, you know, trying to pump up our tires too much is all time. And um, those premieres are fucking crazy. And the Port Mac one, man, can we just mention the fucking Port Mac one? Because <laughs> you don't get kingy on vendors like that that often. And the man just teed off like a fucking samurai at sunset. It was crazy. Oh, man. Look, um, just going back to what you're saying, don't, you don't want to gas our tires up. You don't want to pump our own tires up too much. Look, pump away, brother. Pump away. You've been a workhorse this year and, and me, and, me and Butler really appreciate it, you know. Um, but, yeah, going back to Kingy, yeah, Port Mac, um, I never thought, you know, because I, I actually I said this to Kingy while I was real lit up too. I was like, bro, I, I fucking idolise your surfing, eh? Just like his pocket surfing and that. And I actually like really looked up to him as like, I was like, fuck, he's the man. Like I just frosted so him so hard. Yeah, and I never thought ever in my day I'd be – standing on the famous break wall with Damien King as the sun's coming up, blasting <laughs> DMX as loud as it goes <laughs> while people are walking, like getting their morning coffees and going for their morning walks. Oh, and we're just necking, necking. Oh, man, we're just necking VBs as these passerbys are going and they're just looking going, that's not Damien King. And he's just yeah. going, hey, guys, hey. Hey, fellas. And I'm just going, fuck, bro, you're a real estate agent. And, like, you're, everyone in this town knows you. And then, and then I was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to embrace this. Day. This is amazing. And then some guy paddled out break all, and he fucking ran out there and commandeered his board and caught a couple of waves and then, like, ran back into the surf. And, I mean, ran back out of the surf and just kept partying with us. And then, yeah, we ended up back at his place. And then all of a sudden I've blinked and it's – the next night and then we're back at the same pub again and then Kingy's there and he had to go to his daughter's like ballet recital or something like that and he hadn't slept a wink and he was just going <laughs> he was just going boys this is really scary what do I do I was like you're on your own brother I'm going to bed yeah I'll get the fuck out of here this this ship has sailed oh yeah I was like you're on your own brother catch up Wait, so- Dude, let, and you've recapped the tour so well, but let, let's go back to the start of the trip and you guys taking off and, you know, getting into um, that part of Java there, man. Like, what were you expecting? Like, I, I know you were talking about the forecast before you went and it really held true, but what were the first vibes like getting to the village? Um, so, for me, it was it was pretty bad, to be honest, because I we were in Bali. Um, like, we just did the Chungu Vortex. There were no waves. It was it was heinous. Um we were meant to fly out at like 10, um, yeah, 10 a.m. like the following day. I've woken up at like 3 a.m. vomiting and, and just barley bellying myself. Um, <laughs> so, I, bro, I, it was like the worst 24 hours 
ever I've ever experienced. I had to catch those that flight. I'm going through the airport, vomiting and just shitting everywhere, oh. vomiting all over the plane. Then had to do, you know, we've touched down in, I think it was Surabaya or somewhere, wherever the fuck it was. Um, and it's like a three-hour drive through the jungle um, to get to the village. And then I, I pretty much just was, I was bad. Like I, I was just spewing out the window the whole way. Got to, <laughs> bro, it was, I was proper bad. I reckon it's the worst <laughs> travel experience I've ever Oh, um, I'm laughing only because I can feel, you know, I've been in similar situations when you're abroad and you're in, you know, like say the tropics or even just a harsh environment in general and you're sick, like it, it is the pits and there's sometimes no worse um, feeling because all you want is safety and just your bed and just to be fucking cuddled up and near a toilet. But yeah, bro, continue on. I mean, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm not... The, you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I was honestly, I was just like, this is, this is so scary. Oh, it's I'm, so I'm ter- I was just like, fuck, this is terrifying. I'm so over this. And then I pretty much got, we got there as it was dark. Um, there was all the Portuguese crew there, like Minnie, Steph, Antonio. Um, oh, what a crew. Uh, eh? How's it yeah. there with those fellas, man? Yeah, it was pretty good because like <laughs> I, I feel for the boys because they'd been there for like two or three weeks before us and they said it didn't really get over like two to three foot. And then we got there. And it like didn't get under like three to four foot. Like it just cooked the whole time. Um, and we were pretty much, I just went straight to bed um, just to kind of take a step back. Yeah, I went straight to bed, woke up the next morning for some reason felt absolutely normal as. Um, and I was like, this is so strange. So, but I didn't question it. I wasn't like, oh, I should feel sicker. Like I was just like, fuck, thank God that's over. Um and then yeah, it just it just didn't stop. So we ended up um, staying at Istana Ombok, which is run by a fella from. He's originally from Lennox, Ballina, which is just down the road from me. Um, his name's Rod Steele, um, and we were just basically surf all morning. Come in, Portuguese crew would get out there and do like the midday shift, and then we'd basically just start watching the boys and we'd be just necking bintangs the whole time. Everyone would just start getting real lit up. Everyone would start like getting real fired up and, you know, everyone's like fucking a lot of shoulder rubs, slaps on the ass, pats on the back, a lot of fucking <laughs> dog barking. Everyone was just revving each other up. And then pretty much, yeah, like, I mean, if if anyone came to the premieres or, or if you had seen the movie, it's it's not hard to imagine that you know, probably half of the surf footage was done under the influence. Um, and we were all just like pretty maggot by the afternoon, all surfing, all just getting fucking piped off our heads. Um, and then you've got people like Butler who was just sending it, like just actually doing like full rotor air revs into the flats um, while he was blind drunk um, and still just gripping it and ripping it and riding out of the shocky. And then, you know, we had... Cam was just on the money the whole time, whether it was behind the scenes stuff, whether it was, you know, us playing with fireworks, whether it was the boys just sitting around smashing piss, whether it was Jack Baker eating, you know, four consecutive um, bowls of peanuts. Man, I'm, I'm going to post this on the Instagram <laughs> that fun. audio bite. It's crazy, bro. It's one of the craziest videos I've ever seen. Jack Baker, he, he got dubbed the name Scrammy Baker because he just ate so many scrambled eggs, so much scrambled eggs. 
<laughs> and then we and then we found out that he was just a human um, garbage disposal unit where he just he just could not stop eating. Um, it's amazing what he can put away. I've seen him in in full swing. Don't get me wrong, and, and it, it's I can terrifying it myself. But yeah, like he can he can mow down food like it's going out it, of fashion. Like it's it, it's disgraceful. It's honestly a disgrace. Like it is, <laughs> it is, it is so scary to see how much food that guy eats. It's it's honestly insane. But um, yeah. So he he was just woofing down peanuts like that. You know, Kingaroy didn't exist, and um, yeah, he just you know. Aside from that, we all just had everyone just got on really well. Like I didn't know the boys from WA. Um, the WA boys didn't know the guys from Sydney. There was other crew that were with us who didn't know anyone and we all just got on really well, all had a really good time, all had a really good time with the Portuguese boys. There was one, another guy there, Antonio, um, the big chook. He was this big, like, 6'3", fella, really tanned, really tall, real big voice. Who dubbed him the big chook? Me, big chook, big rooster. And he just had this... He had this big flamboyant like hair, like he he had dark hair and he dyed it like blonde and it was all like the regrowth was coming through and he was just this big chook. And um <laughs> and yeah, he was just he ended up just hanging out with us the whole time. He was like, Fuck, you guys are nuts. Like you guys party really hard and we're like, bro, we're <laughs> we're in the jungle in the middle of nowhere, like what else are we gonna do other than drink piss and catch waves? Wasn't it during Ramadan too? I have no idea. I've got a few videos where, like, there's the call to prayer um, in, in, like, at, like, four in the morning and I'm just laying there going, fuck, shut up, like, I'm hungover, which yeah, is highly, highly insensitive to any any foreign culture. But, you know, fuck, I didn't really care, to be honest. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But I'm pretty sure around that time of year, I think around in, in, in our winter, that's – and it happens at different stages, obviously, because of the – the moon phases, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's around that time. But anyway, it's just it's such an interesting place, dude, and it's such a sick trip you guys did there, and that's definitely um, one of the top ten moments, man. Moving on to the second moment, let's just give a round of applause for Tanner McDaniel and Pierre Luis Costes in their performance in the Eureka final. Like you know, we've only seen recently from the breaking even um, media platforms they've been releasing some footage uh, of that final and a couple of Tanner's tens, like. When you dissect them, especially the one that we reposted, you know, how gaping open wide it is. He flares the legs. He threads the needle through obviously a, a large gap, but everyone knows – a large gaping hole, sorry, but everyone knows who surf the <laughs> that, um, like, it's a very hard way to surf regardless of how large and gaping the um the, the barrel is. Like, it's an, it's an intricate wave, and it's, it can fuck you up at any given stage. So those tens – held so much weight for me throughout the 2023 um, season. And then Pierre just kept firing back with, like, ri- ridiculous manoeuvres and a couple of big barrels of himself. And that was one for the ages, hey, hey Elliot. Bro, it, it was nuts, man. Like, I've got it up right now um, as we're talking. And just watching um, the the line that Tanner takes on that left, that pit that he gets, um, the line he takes through that is just, like, you can't fault it. Like, you just – you can see that it's not like a full top to bottom like slab. It's got like a little bit of a chip in and he doesn't, yeah. you know, he doesn't blow his load too early. He doesn't like kind of do anything. He just kind of reads it perfectly, sets it up perfect. 
gets so deep and then you can see towards the end of it, he's just playing with it. Like he's fully just toying with it. And I was just like, this, this kid, <laughs> honestly, like that, that's fucking bonkers. The way that he just toyed with like a proper like eight to 10 foot wave. Um, and always in control, hey. Always in always control. Oh, so in control. So in control. Like it looked like, yeah, like I said, he, at the start, you can see he like sets it up, eyes it off, can see what it's about to do. And then you just see him just toying with it towards the end. And then that air rev as well. Like, bro, what was that? It was just out of the bowl, full rotation, like not a drop of water out of place. It just looked so tech and just so hectic. And he just. <laughs> Just backed it, like backed up the world's biggest pit with the most like technical and stylish um, air rev. Like it was just one hundred percent. Unfortunately for Tanner in that final, you had Pierre playing the real strategic game, just you know banging numbers. Probably didn't have the sheer brilliance of Tanner in that final, but played it super smart. And going back to Tanner's party on that one that we we held, um, you know, later on in 2023, only a couple of months ago, uh, he really reflected on that Airverse and the invert. Well, the invert Airverse. The, invert, the invert Airverse, yeah. Yeah, and I, just how the over-rotation occurred. Yeah, well, look, I was listening, when I was listening to him and the way that he explained it, like I've, like, tr- attempted to do some as well where, like, you know, back when I wasn't a washed-up mess, um where only the way that we're going to touch on like later on in the top 10 moments you were flipping out of the bowl in february bro don't don't cut yourself short. Uh, yeah i'll put on a bit of weight since then <laughs> but <laughs> um christmas new year's art oh man the christmas ham got me but um going back to tanner um he oh so saucy but yeah going back to tanner he um the way that he explained it and the way that he described it, it reminded me of like a few iluka ramps that i've been slingshotted into where it's just perfect for an invert and you throw it out and you can just feel all your momentum shifting so you just cross your legs and just hope for it anyway um and after he explained it and explained his thought process and explained everything it, it made a lot more sense as to why he actually did it um but fuck me, can you imagine if he stuck it? I know, I know. You would have had to have given a 10, especially the way the he was outstretched with the, the invert and he had so much time through the air to, to really get that. But, like, again, the landing at Eureka just looks so intense. It and looks if so you're nuts, not, bro. Yeah, picture-perfect timing with that landing. It looks like the V just engulfs you, bro. The power there looks insane. Bro, I'm, I'm watching the invert to reverse now, like, as we speak. He goes up, hits it, over-rotates. You can see just before he lands, he puts his left leg down, his left foot down, gets blasted, and then the camera just pans to Dave Hubbard, who's just got both his hands on his heads with his fingers interlocked, just looks <laughs> so blown away, and then it just goes back to Tanner coming out of the whitewash and just punching his board, um, visibly annoyed at the outcome of that ramp. But, you know, there was four minutes and 46 seconds on the clock and that would have, you know, even if he had just did like a big roll out of that thing, he he still would have probably got the score, wouldn't he? Yeah, and, and I, he did reflect on that too, saying he probably he needed a four, was it? it. Yeah, he, he said he would have done an, an air reverse out of it nine out of ten times. He overthought it. Kind of went into safe mode, tried to do an invert, and then fucked up kind of through that that process. But 
yeah, all in all, still like an amazing final, still so cool to watch. Um, I hope they get paid pretty soon. That's still been a contentious uh, one for everyone involved there. I know there was some money pulled from government grants along the way, but it still seems pretty unfair that the athletes who put it on the line there and put their bodies on the line at Hell Flop Horse, one of the most gnarly waves going around competition, still haven't been paid for that performance. So that'll be good to be sorted out pretty soon, Abra. Yeah, uh, highly doubtful that that it will get sorted after this. Um, was it AP? Who put the post up? Was it APB Chili? Yeah, it was. And how the inner in dealings oh, went down. APB Chili. And they're speaking about how the government grants were like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Loaded out. I'd love to hear it again. Oops, something went wrong. Okay, that's not who posted it. Let's see who posted it because I did see it. Um, but yeah, no, like I just, I I was honestly blown away that they didn't get paid for one, but then secondly, the sheer audacity of, um, the event organizers, um, to just be like, oh, well, we got shit goed by the, you know, by the local government where we didn't get enough money. And it's like, all right, well, you know, credit to you for, doing your job and, and you getting yourself paid, but the actual commodity and the actual um, people that bring in the viewership, which is the athletes, you've just shit go them and now it's highly likely that they're not going to compete again. I could be completely wrong, but it's probably likely that they're not going to compete again, eh? Yeah, it's just an average go because it really takes the sport back a, a notch, doesn't it? You're not allowing um, the top-level guys to to really compete just because you're not paying them the money to stay there. They're not even getting enough travel budget at times to really make ends meet um, and, and float all of their expenses, let alone not being able to collect their check at the end of the day after going through eight, seven or eight fucking rounds of competition and, like, you know, intense, scrutinised scoring and um, just performance in, in, in taxing waves. Like, it's not easy piling around in six to eight, ten-footers, you know what I mean? And just doing it t- three times a day and everyone just looks at it, like, you, you got through a heat, that's great. Like, it's, it's... Right, and the earlier rounds as well, sorry to interrupt, the earlier rounds, they were literally, like, proper, like, 12 to 15-footers. Tano got one of the biggest right pits I've ever seen in competition. Like, it was... It was fucking ridiculous. Um, I'm looking at it here now, ACB underscore chili for anyone that wants to have a look at it. We believe in transparency and honesty and we'll provide the de- – we believe in transparency and honesty. That's fucking comical just straight off the bat. <laughs> About the um, whole situation. Oh, my God. Uh, these guys have some absolute gall, don't they? Um, we requested $114 million, $140 million, I'm assuming that's pesos. Um, yeah. To hold the event, um, that would cover the payments for services, prizes, and salaries for our collaborators. Although 140, 140 million pesos may seem like a high figure, in reality, it's a third of the amount allocated to other similar events. We don't. It's not about other events, mate. It's about you. Okay, so they kind of shift the blame to saying that they didn't get enough money compared to Anna Fagusta, blah, 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 blah. However, blah, 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 blah. Basically, they're just saying that they – and they even name Jorge Diaz, who's the governor. Um, they basically just shift the blame and say, look, we got um, cut by the local MPs, so we're not going to pay the other people. 
um, which is pretty yeah, fucking shit, man. Like that's not how it's it works. Just not good enough. Yeah, something's got to be. Something's got to be cut. Something's got to um, be. Well, done. Arik has been cut from the world tour as a result. Yeah, I know, I know, and it's it's just it's just poor on all ends because now we're not getting a quality product um, on the tour again, and that and that is a quality product. Arika every year turns heads. You get so pumped when you see it coming up on the calendar because you know it's going to be a great comp, but. Yeah, man, it's fucking sad. We can't we can't dwell on spilled milk. I guess what what's what's done is what's done. Let's move on to a positive um point. Third on the top ten moments of the year, two thousand and twenty three boog wrap up. And let's Shark Island. Talk, yeah, dude, let's talk about Shark Island. Yeah, dude, let let's talk yeah, about the research. That's, that's a positive that's a positive competition. Fucking oath, my bro. Yeah, it is, dude. It's it's gonna it's so, gonna hopefully turn heads and get people back yeah, to Boog um, in Australia. Which is like everyone's still is, but you know what I mean. On a competitive side, anyway, there's not too many boot comps at the moment here in Oz that um are really turning heads. So let's let's make well, one. Let's let's you know let's you know not beat around the bush here. There's there's no competitions that are turning heads. Um, you know, for people like you and me, you and I, where this is you know part of our job is to follow bodyboarding. Like, do you get super excited over the state? titles or the the national titles that we didn't even get told about like yeah look there's a long way to go with it i I still get interested seeing the results and i definitely like watching highlight clips and stuff that comes out from the local clubs if someone's filming or whatever yeah i I know man it it is the the cronulla local clubs are an anomaly because you guys have you guys have your local club comps out stuck rock and shark island like that's that's fucking amazing um, yeah, we're lucky, but it's also a curse. Like before we go any further, man, I want to let, let, let that be known. I reckon, in my opinion, I'm not saying that it's doing a bad thing here in Cronulla, but I really do think, and this is my honest opinion after looking through the lens, like, you know, heavily, especially doing this podcast over the last like year and a half or, or two years, is like you need to be honing the next generation at in shit ways. Yeah, and beach breaks and just getting the technique down pat from the get-go of just drawing lines, hitting washy sections, popping rolls, spins, reverses, knowing the basics and knowing what it is to generate speed off shit waves instead of just going out in high-performance waves and kind of getting thrown. And look, don't get me wrong, that it can be also good at times. Mix it up. Go to those high-performance waves. But hone your skills in 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 sand bottom beachy barrels. I reckon. I, I agree with you entirely, especially when you're talking about um, you know beginners or the next generation, because it's it only takes you know one look uh, north of the border at the Sunshine Coast. Um, they surf shit waves all the time. I'm in a couple of group chats with a few boys from up there, and they're frothing out over these shittest waves that I wouldn't even look at. And they go out, they surf, they do their spins, they generate so much speed out of absolute nothing waves. They figure out, you know, where the power source is and then they apply that same knowledge to really good waves like on the south coast. And that's why you see so many of them, so many riders from the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast excel in high performance waves is because they surf shit waves so frequently. So when they get that chance and they get that opportunity to surf a good wave, um, they've got the skill base to back it up, um, but that's a bit of a bit of a not a segue, but we've we've kind of strayed away from the point here. So the Shark Island Challenge, um, you know, uh, with our I don't know does does everyone know that you're on the committee? 
the committee? Yeah, well, okay, let's just get it out then and because we're, we're going to be running in 2024, starting from, from I guess, this time into the next five, five and a half months, um, we'll be running um, through the committee, which is uh, through the Shark Island Committee, which, which is also your, I guess, a part of two Elliot men that being associated with Riptide, and we've got Bodyboard King on with Toby Play. He's also um, got a lot of say in pool when it comes to this competition. Mark Sadler being the treasurer, um, Sammy Van, the secretary, and... Um, no, so I'm the treasurer, and I think Mark's had it. Anyway, it doesn't matter because you know what I mean. Whatever it is, we're all sort of communicating, um, trying to work at the moment. And, um, but because it was so funny, I, I had to, I was only thinking in my head then because Sam Ben made a heaps funny joke about his title and position in, in the committee sounding like, you know, someone who's almost just running around getting the admin notes sorted or whatever and i'm like Bro, just getting always... just getting coffees and minutes for yeah everyone. it's like all equal like 33 percent. anyway you know it's just classic because yeah don't worry i'm going off um path but yeah so, <laughs> three people so, involved so 2024 2024 the involvement of the shark island challenge the resurgence of the shark island challenge we've got luke o'connor we've got sam Vern, and we've got mark sadler on the committee on the committee yeah the core um, committee and then obviously yourself, that's the core committee yeah and then, then we've um, got Riptide, who's got a little bit of involvement. And then we've got Bodyboard King, who's got a bit of yep, involvement. Definitely. Um, and a couple of other um, local investors at this current stage and a lot of other boot companies um, that have shown some interest. We get to fully seal down some things, but there'll be um, certain riders and um, certain positions offered, uh, yeah, through those sponsorship deals. And that'll be, that'll be really good and exciting just to see this, the, the comp propped up through um, a lot of community involvement from a lot of different areas, which is which is which is epic. And we've got the the hands-on approach from um, Southern Shire Council uh, and and their events team, which has been really good in helping us going backward and forward, making sure the logistics of the event can actually go ahead, and just all the water Very safety nice. involved, and just all the all the like you know just behind the scenes kind of um, bank accounts setting up and business names registered, and just all the finicky things you want to get <clears throat> sorted for a competition that we want to, um, you know, push on in the future. It's not just a one-off thing. It's, it has to be an annual event that we just keep on going. So enough of me blabbing about what we're trying to do. What we have put in place is the um, 2024 Riptide Shark Island online trials, man, where two wild oh, Online trials. Yeah, they're online Sounds trials. very interesting. Sounds very interesting. Tell us, tell us about it, my bro. Yeah, my bro. Well, the, the online trials are going to allow two wildcard spots into the, the 24 um, edition of the challenge. So uh, the the competition will be running from mid-Jan um, all the way to kind of early early May. Um, the dates will be released very shortly, pretty much in line with the yep. wildcard. Um, and you will be allowed to enter three of your best waves. Um, the, the footage has to be from the start of 2021 onwards just because of the two-year gap or, like, the two-year allowance there, you know what I mean, and just making sure the footage is relevant. We, we, yeah. we don't want yeah. stuff, you know, back from, like, five, ten years ago because everything has changed a lot over the last couple of years and everyone's been different put in positions. We want, you know, if if – Whatever's going to happen in that competition, we're going to pick the best bodyboarder, obviously, but it's, it'd be great to see a young generation coming through and putting their hand up and wanting to put their entries in and, and wanting to surf one of the best waves in the world and be put up in lights again, man. Because if this competition does come together, as we're hoping to, 
hope in a wheel and we do get a proper swell like you know it's 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 one of the best waves in the world for bodyboarding you can do whatever you want out there you you can get one of the barrels of your life you can get one of the poundings of your life unfortunately as a trade-off you can get huge air sections you can you know just be floating out in the channel and just feeling like the buzz of the cauldron and everyone doing battle out there at the time like it's an amphitheater of pure fucking enjoyment in my eyes like and, and it's something that we're so keen to bring back and i'm so happy that riptide's involved with it and i guess really the best thing about this entry is too man being um priced at 99 the entry includes the chance to enter the shark Island challenge 2024 but a year subscription to riptide premium man and that in itself really for 99 is even cheaper than you would get at signing up for just your average year at Riptide Premium being $10 a month. So you're getting a bargain without even having um, the... You don't aspect. even have to look for the bargain and you just get it. Mate, it's fucking just right you there. Get, right, uh, you, all you got to do is reach out and grab it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Like, it's basically begging you to pick it up and just run with it. Oh, and like, it's just to touch on what you were saying... Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's it's just me with it's me with a hundred dollar note and a piece of fish and wine attached to it, and I'm just pulling it <laughs> along the street. <laughs> but um, no, nah, but like just touching on what, <laughs> yeah, fully a. Eh? But um, just touching on what you're saying. So, just to I guess paraphrase that, Shark Island Challenge is coming back. The waiting period for the actual event is. Um. So we're looking from the twenty third of May. Um, yep. or, or yeah, the 24th of May. The 23rd is the, the opening party, like the launching party. And so the 24th yep. so that's the waiting period. Um, and from then on in, um, you've got really high tides leading up into that last week of May. That's why we've had it open. Um, and yep. then it goes into all of June. Um, we're looking to cap it at the end of June, but if we need to, we might extend a week into July. There are also some decent tides there, but we're really hoping to wrap it up in, in four to five weeks because we don't want to have to extend people's um, schedules, you know, and really put yeah. people just, you know, on the hop, so to speak. We'll have a tiered um, scheduling system, uh, an alert system for all the public and, and athletes to, to let them know when the event is going to go from a red light to an orange so just, light. Just to, inter- just to interrupt really quickly. Sorry to interrupt, my bro. So I mean. end, end, end of May is when it opens and you're hoping that it's going to be run and done by the end of June. Is that correct? That's the ideal yeah. waiting period. Yeah. Um, but July, if need be. For sure. The first week in July is an option. Okay. And so... To enter, so you got obviously the Shark Island Committee is going to pick the field and then there's going to be two spots open for wildcard entrance. Is that correct? Yeah. Via, 20- the, via the Shark Island Trials. Hang on, let me rephrase that. Via So you can get your way in by way of Shark Island Online Trials. 100%. And that'll be going through the portal that uh, will be organized by yourself um, and the Riptide yep. team there in regards to signing up and putting your three uh, waves together and placing it in. There'll be a criteria there on the page that you can reference. It'll be pretty short and sweet, but it's more so just making sure that, you know, um, no one's playing silly buggers and, and trying to get a couple of little sneaky extra votes here and there. We will have a system that you, we're recording your, um, your email address, hey, Elliot, and that'll have to go into um, a, a kind of data sorting. Yeah, so 
the thing that we're trying to just eliminate is, you know, weasels weaseling basically. So we don't want people to just reach out to bots and just start using bots to start farming, you know, heaps of fake votes. Um, but I guess one way to eliminate that is not having a voting system. It's more having a voting system by an internal party, which is myself, Bodyboard Kingdom and the Shark Island Committee. So essentially, just correct me if I'm wrong here. This is just, I'm going to put it in layman's terms. So you pay your hundred bucks, you submit your three best waves. That goes through for everyone to look at. But at the end of the day, it's up to um, myself uh, or rather it's up to Riptide, Bodyboard Kingdom and the Shark Island Committee to pick the Shark Island trial winners. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, well, 100%. I was more referring to, like, the email addresses going in to register for um, the, uh, like, your entry, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I was um, I was playing with my cat at the same time, so I was kind of, like, half, like... No, 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 no. Here, I was did, probably did going around in circles too, bro, because I'm so excited about the event and just pumped on, like, what is actually happening. There's so much, I guess, um, behind the scenes I've been babbling about that I probably didn't even need to mention. But, yeah, like you've rounded up really well. It's it's online trials, best three waves. We obviously, There's so much um, information to try and – sorry to interrupt. There's so much information to try and, like, scream out at, like, in, in such a short time. Like, you don't want to, like you – you want everyone to know exactly what's happening and how it's happening, but you don't want to just, like, blurt it at everyone in the wrong way. So – I've yeah. been there before, bro. So don't, don't oh worry. man, and you 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 don't want to um also overset the mark and say things that haven't been confirmed or finalised, and and all. I'm just you know it's constantly scanning my brain, going don't say this, don't say that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So other than that, yeah. So three best waves online sub- submission with that ninety nine dollars entry fee, you get an access to a yearly subscription to Riptide Media online, like the premium. Um, you know, with all your goodies in there. So that's amazing. You get a chance to win the Shark Island Challenge. The voting period will start, yeah, from mid-January all the way to um, early May and then, or like mid-May, and then the win will be um, announced uh, actually yeah, early May, so it'd be three to four weeks before the launch party, um, giving people enough time about to get their affairs in order, knowing that they've got a spot in the challenge up and coming. And then, yeah, picked by the committee, good to go, and... Um, you'll be in the challenge. So, so that is the way anyone in the world can enter anyone. So please throw your so it's not capped. It's not capped to, to any like age or demographic or where you're from. It's literally give us your best waves, grip it and rip it, submit your shit. And then we pick. Yeah. 110%. Give you up. Sick. So, so man, who, who am I immediately thinking of that? Probably. Man, I'd love to see like, one of those young Canarian fellas or like Ethan Captiville. Oh, yeah, Ethan Captiville, if you if you listen to this, get get your shit in, bro. Cause you know, I don't want to sound biased. Actually, I'm not even gonna go there. But no, um Ethan Captiville, <laughs> um Armides, Solaveras, um Silver Brothers. Silver, just anyone Silver though. Brothers. Man. Any, like yeah, just those you know I mean? in, in in the, the rough that no one has heard of. I mean, people know there's a local ripper that you know, is excelling and really is putting good footage together. Like it's, it's, if you blow people away, like with your surfing, you can get in the Shark Island Challenge to so just go boogie. It's so and good. Sorry to interrupt again, bro. I've, I've got to stop doing this. It would be so good if, you know, some international rider, you know, who is sponsored and, and has companies backing them. It would be so good if one of those guys got the call up 
and their sponsors actually paid for him to go do it rather than them going, oh, fuck, I can't go because I don't have the money. Yeah, 110%. Um, that, that, that would be, you know, imagine being like a 21-year-old kid from the Canaries and that's, you know, one of the most prestigious events that's ever been in the bodyboarding realm and you get the call up for it and your company doesn't, the company that supports you doesn't pay for your flights or your accommodation to get out there and compete in it. Yeah, it'd be pretty lame. You probably want to look at your sponsors and think to yourself, well, you know, the bang for buck and the, you know, it, it is going to be like that look to be advertised on, um, you know, one of the major um, on like a live YouTube channel, much like I was watching the Dahui backdoor today, like that sort of coverage in regards to a camera crew in the water and up on land. Um, we've already got a couple offers of some local people to allowing us to use their uh, apartments. Um, Perfect. Shout out to Billy legend from the, the local area. He's got an apartment like on, I think it's five or six stories up and it just looks perfectly at the island. Like it, it's a crazy view. So, um, yeah, yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy, shout out, brother. But yeah, yeah Billy. good times coming up. But let, like, let, let's move on to the fourth point, man, um, in our top 10. And I, I'd have to say coming back to Tanner, we've mentioned him a couple of times, but him just winning his maiden 2023 world title, how well-deserved for the young Hawaiian A, like just what a what a mega bodyboarder he is, and what's what he's become. He's a fucking he's a juggernaut. Go- he actually is a juggernaut, and I'm going to cue this song in right now. But yeah, bro, Tana, hats off to Tana, man. He's you know, what burst onto the world scene at the age of 12. I'm pretty sure I was in Hawaii for my first season when he competed at Pipe. Um, I saw him at Sandy Beach. I'm pretty sure Tom Robb didn't make a heat. And Tanner said, dude, you should have done a flip. And Tom Robb was just like, fuck off, cunt. And, and uh, it was just one of the funniest interactions I'd, I'd ever seen. Um, but it, it, it <laughs> was just, you know, and, and, and like kind of forward with his um, criticism of his, Oh, his, it was just like, imagine, him. imagine you'd had like a big hiatus from Bergen. You come back, you have to surf sloppy, sandy beach. You're probably like, you know, let's say 80 to 85 keg and some, you know, 35 kilo kid just goes, you should have done a flip. I would have been, I would have said the same thing too, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's the first time I saw Tanner and, you know, hats off to him because I don't think I've seen anyone grind, you know, the world tour for as long as they have at such a young age, like, you know, he, he was grinding it from what, 13 to 14. He was chasing it full time. Was he correct me if I'm wrong there? Yeah. Well, so what was um, his first um, compact pipe, I, I said. Yeah, he was 12, yeah. He was, he was 12 when he first entered Pipeline. So think um, about that, man. And now he's 23, isn't he? 23rd birthday? I, I believe so. So 11 years after his first thing, his first um, world tour entry, he fucking ends up as a world champ. Um, psycho, isn't it, man? It's psycho. pretty fucking wild. I mean, fuck, man. I'm and you know, don't. I don't want anyone to fucking, you know, read outside the lines here because I'm not taking anything away from Tanner. But fuck, man, it would have been really good to see an Australian event on that world tour. 
Um, and possibly some Australian riders too. And some, like, that, well, that's, yeah, it kind of goes part and parcel, like Australian yeah. tour, like an Australian event with, you know, fuck, it would have been good to just watch Liam Lucas chase the whole tour. Um, like whatever the fuck happened there, like, it, you know, he's got enough skill and, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to really do it. Like go out in like a comp in Australia or Jace Finlay or Dallas Singer or Joe Clark or, you know, Damien King, Chris White, like anyone even, like Hardy, like anyone. Literally anyone. But I'd love to see, you know, like obviously like I'm about to say a bunch of names that, you know, have work commitments or their tradies or they've moved on because sponsors never paid them or whatever. But, you know, I'd love to see like the port boys, like Chase, who's a comp machine, Jones, who's a comp machine, Shaden, who's a comp machine, Liam, who's a comp machine, you know, Charlie. just George, Charlie, um, Wingers, Louie, Sam Benno. I, I think he's hung the fins up really. But after my comment, yeah, yeah, it's it's so nostalgia of um, our generation because we just grew up with Benno, you know, roughly the same age. I'm I'm like literally, I think I was living in the UK when all those port boys were on tour, and I'm watching them surfing like um, Mexico and pipe and all that, and I was just going, "Fuck, this is wild." These boys are my age, and they're doing that shit. Um, But yeah, you know, just to. Yeah, the final there. Just I remember. Oh, this is semi. Were you there that season? Um, I th- no, I when think he- I was there the the season before. But I remember, or maybe two seasons before. But I remember him going so well in that comp and that big inverted backdoor and just all the shit he was doing. And yeah, you, you just get pumped up knowing that he was a guy you're competing against at like state and nationals, and he's someone that took it to the next level. It's it's a shame when you. See his Instagram post now. Not that he's he's killing it with his cars and his family and his business. He's, he looks like he's living a beautiful life, but it's a shame you don't see him bodyboarding more, just because of the fact he was so fucking good, and he's still probably if you hop back on a board, so fucking good. Like he's man, incredible what he did for his frame. Not many cunts can do that with a frame like oh, he's, that. He's a long boy, and I don't know how. He, like, because I'm a short boy, and I can't even get as tight as him. Um, so it's like quite like fucking mind boggling to see how tech. And how tight he could surf, like just his revs out of the bowls and like in the pocket, and like his pocket surfing was just so nuts. But you know, he's I guess mantis man, he's fucked up. Like <laughs> getting positions, wouldn't believe. Yeah, that's probably why he couldn't do it. Like, didn't have the longevity. It's probably why his back's so fucking sore. Um, true, but that is very you true. know, that's you know, that's another fucking can of worms. But yeah, I actually all bodyboarders get tried back. I'm starting to get tried back. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> it definitely creeps up on you. So, so yeah. fourth point here, Tanner Wynn is, is made world title, man. Like 2023, hats off to the lad. He deserved it. It was coming for a long time. He'd been he'd been under the tutelage of one of the best, like, bodyboarders to ever do it, the GOAT, Mark the Stewart. Yeah, the Godfather. It's great to see that, you know, one of the prodigies that have come through um, Mike's reign has really just taken the world by storm. Not like the others haven't. I mean, they all reached really good, amazing free surfing heights and won competitions, but didn't probably push through to win world titles such as Tanner. And yeah. man, Tanner is now right now the biggest force in bodyboarding competitively. And you'd have to say almost on a free surf level, he's up there with Tristan and Pierre and and um, you know just all the good boogs at the, at the moment free surfing like he's he's matching on both a competitive and free surfing level which is pretty hard to do it all at once 
A hundred percent. And how good was it? Like just speaking, you know, where you're saying that is, you know, matching like um, Tristan and, and PLC and that. how good was it when he won? How like PLC just interrupted his interview and just gave him a big hug. I was just, I was watching that and I was like, man, there's not many other sports in the world where, you know, competitors are like proper mates and, and get that like frothing out just because like they just lost, but their bro just won and they're still happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, big, big ups for the sport there. And also big ups just in the character reference of Pierre Louis Costez. Like, he's, he's a good 100%. dude. And, he's you know, he's done a lot for the sport and he's got a lot of admiration from a lot of people. And it shows in the character and the professionalism in which he um, shows throughout all of the events. And just in general, like, he's held long-term sponsors. You know, he was with Rip Curl for such a period of time, which is crazy to think as of like a bodyboarder. I remember he holding car deals for ages. You know, he's been with Pride for <clears throat> the beginning, not the beginning of time, but like for a very long time. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, yeah, just just a it's, cool it's dude. Just, it's just hats off to you. It's just credit to you. He's just yeah, a good bloke and, and it shows. A very <laughs> doctor of the cap to you, sir. Off the cap, um, sir. Oh, yes, very nice. So <laughs> The, the fourth point down and dusted, um, Elliot, man, moving on to the fifth one, let's go back to a little bit of controversy, and it's pretty much just the old Danny Hernandez copying a rogue left-right goodnight from a speculative pair of Chilean brothers amidst the opening ceremony brawl of the 2023 Front on Pro. Like, didn't man, that Big come? ups to the brothers. Big ups right. to the brothers, man. Boy, if, they if went someone... in hard. They were looking for a result, and they might have got it one they, they they probably weren't looking for, but, I mean, it was a result. It was a result nonetheless. <laughs> it's red hot. Look, it's not good for the sport, let's put it that way. Definitely don't want to see brawls breaking out at events, and we're not trying to condone that. No, nah, I want to see. Make... Oh, look, it's good. It's good, bro. It shows, it shows yeah, some yeah, of that, yeah, that yeah, Latino yeah. fire. It shows some emotion. It's like, get that fucking in your cunt. You know what I mean? Like, I know. it just revs me up. It gets me fired up. Like, obviously, I don't want to see people like swacking on like at every event, but it's like, you know, there's everyone's like keen to get amongst it. And then you've got some, you know, because I, I spoke to a couple, there's a couple of guys from the Canaries who live on the Goldie now, and I had a yarn with them about it. And they're like, oh, they basically, the way they explained it was like, imagine if we were at the Shark Island opening um, night and a bunch of, um, what do you call the guys that come on the trains from Western Sydney? Westies. What do you call them? Westies, Westies, yeah. Imagine a bunch of Westies just pull up and start, you know, just start like trying to fight you. Then obviously I, being your brother, would come in and say no fucking way and have your back. And then imagine Sadler comes in trying to break the whole thing up and then all of a sudden Sam Venn, who's my other bro, comes in and he's trying to defend all three of us. And then he ends up, Sadler cops a stray one from Sam Venn, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think um, this is just my opinion because, and, and look, I don't, you know, anyone can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm not going to tell people how to behave, but my opinion is that what they did was fine. And then, you know, you got hit by some kids, Danny, get over it. You know what I mean? Like, why are you going to kick them out of the competition when they've flown all the way from Chile to come surf? They've followed the World Tour event the whole time throughout the course of the, the the world tour, I can't imagine it would be easy coming from Chile, traveling with pesos versus euros, and then you just go and kick them out of the event because they're sticking up for themselves and you you accidentally, you know, got caught in the crossfire. Like, get over yeah. it, punt. 
And it was a left-right good night, as you said, in defense of their other friends because there were some rogue people there that had kind of turned up. Um, you know, there's a lot of different sides of this, like different sides of the story, but there was a little bit of um, unrest there. You know what I mean? And people would were just getting fidgety. It's not like they targeted Danny Hernandez to try and punch nah, him. Nah, him not, not, not at all. Unfortunate, but I mean. In my opinion, Elliot, I'd probably have to slightly disagree with you there. I know what you mean. It's all right every now and again for a bit of fisty cuffs. But in this day and age, man, just with the professionalism you need in sport and you want everything to be – I know there's different ways to sort things out and there's a hundred oh, ways you to You and I disagree on things all the time. It doesn't mean we're not bros. Yeah, no. It's, 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 not it's, it's, it's more so just, you know, like I, I kind of think for the facial oh, sport right now, it might be best if we keep a clean sheet and just make, keep our powder dry, so to speak. Yeah, I do tend to, you know, once I start getting a little bit fired up, you know, I do tend to start just talking a lot and just start like, I just start revving myself up. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong and and I feel like you are going to correct me. Look, I I don't think they should have been kicked out of there. I don't think they should have been kicked out for sure. No way. No way. I fully agree with you there. Yeah. And like, I just think like, fuck man, like. Yeah, imagine a bunch of Westies pull up to like people that didn't even surf, and imagine if you're the guy who's making the the decision. Like, surely you can assess it from an outside perspective and be like, "Well, these guys were just here to cause trouble. They've picked on, you know." Imagine if we were, I don't know, in the UK, and then a bunch of pommies were picking on a bunch of Australians. Like, the Australians are going to band together and defend each other. You know what I mean? Um, and also, too, the decision should have been looked upon in a way, in my opinion, of like what's best for this event. And the best. Just give him a firm event, smack on the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah, a firm smack on the bottom. The, 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 the Silver Brothers are quality, and every athlete there is quality. You, you know, I know there's probably like, there's, there's, there's obviously a varying. Um, degree of skill level. Don't get me wrong, but every athlete there is is wanting to compete and put on a show. And the Silver Brothers, especially, have been doing extremely well in 2023, or were sorry. And to kick them out of the event, as you were saying, give them a slap on the bottom. Think about the bigger picture, like kicking Mike out of the fucking event, and realize that it's a spectacle for the world to watch. The small percentage of the world that's watching, because no one fucking outside bodyboarding really wants to care at the moment, because these sort of mishaps keep happening, and we downgrade ourselves further from this sort of shit. Like, you know, the WSL is not doing that well, bro. And like the surfing world's kicking up a stink about that. And they're really putting, you know, that them to the sword, so to speak. We've got to be critical of our governing body here from competitive sense and be like, fuck, from a fan pers- perspective, that's not what we want to fucking see. We want to see the best compete. Let them compete. Let the fucking dogs compete. Just, seriously. And look, I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast, if you've, you know, if you've stuck in for this long, what are we, are we up to the hour mark? Yeah, we are I mean, cooking with gas. Yeah, hour and two minutes, hour and three minutes. Look, if you've listened this far and, and people who are listening, I'm sure you can hear the conviction and the fucking fire in our bellies and the conviction in our voices. Like, we fucking care about this shit and we care about our fucking sport and it's fucking embarrassing that you're kicking out, you know, a guy who won the Brazil comp and then you're forcing Mike because oh, I'm I'll, just to go back and, Correct, yeah. Like Mike chose to pull out of the event. He didn't get kicked out, but they basically just forced him to do it. They didn't basically force He made his own choice, but they just shit goad him to the point where he was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm taking a stand. I'm not letting these cunts push me around. Punch your event up your fucking ass. I'm the biggest draw card here. Like, 
You know what I mean? And then and then we're the guys that suffer because we don't get to watch, you know, Mike Stewart compete. For sure. And I'm, I like, mean, when I referenced Mike Stewart getting kicked out, it was more so... I knew what you meant. I just wanted like, to... I just, yeah, I yeah, just, for sure. It was just a techni- technicality, really. Left over right, right over left. You know what I mean? Those, those points getting taken <laughs> off you, man, it's such a shit go because, yeah, you have to start from an earlier around. There's more chance that all the hard work that you put on earlier on in the year is not getting recognised and you get knocked in the competition. And it's kind of just like... They were, they were playing silly buggers from the get-go with the yeah. email trail and all that sort of shit. So it was... It's 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 just the stuff we don't need, and I reckon that point there. We don't need the drama, bro. We don't want the drama. We don't need the drama. What nah, we need we want the drama is, in the water. Is events. Like we want, yeah, we yeah, want we want finals. We want crazy amounts of good bodyboarders there from all around the world, not just a Euro Spanish kind of South American tour. Bro, we don't want that. We I mean, look, maybe the Euros and the Spaniards just want to see that shit. But look, we don't we don't want to see the drama outside of the water. Spain obviously is part of Europe. I just threw that in. Oh, there. sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. You mean you mean the Americas, as in Spanish, the Latinos? Speaking. Yes, 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 yes. But don't worry, we're on the same page, and I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are on the same page as well. Um, okay. But you know, like, look, credit to um, the IBC for you know once again, like we said this before we started, they're good at they did a, an excellent job at looking after themselves, which was you know hosting you know, getting as much government money as possible for hosting mediocre events in mediocre waves. Like the Maldives comp was fucking gay. Um, Antifagusta is fucking gay. But those governments are the ones that are forking out the most money. So they're basically doing everything they can from a fantastic business perspective to grease up the governments, grease up sponsors, get as much money as possible for their own private entity, which is the IBC. And credit to you, like you're good at that, but you're a fucking shit at making decisions that you know the viewers and the writers with with the viewers and the writers' interests at heart. Um, and like, I'm not trying to like. I just swear that's the way that I talk. I'm not like ready to fucking just put being my honest hands up and opinion. And, bar. Like, I yeah, really, and like anyone that listens like, to this, anyone that listens to this and anyone that knows me is that like, I do get passionate about things. And when I get passionate, I start swearing and I might come across like I'm aggressive, but I can assure you I'm not, but it's just, it's just how I start talking when I start getting fired up about things and and I get fired up about bodyboarding. Mate, me too, mate. The passion is reciprocal. Don't you worry. Do you reckon we're we're part Latino? I would have to say it's something inside of me, yeah, that, that makes me rage from time to time. Definitely behind the wheel, there's some road rage for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Moving I, on, I guess stick into competition though. What about fucking, do we talk about um, the Unite founder, Joel Taylor? Oh, mate, we have to. Let's talk about Joel Taylor, man. Joel Taylor winning in 2023 the Australian surfing titles at Port Mac and 30 years on, from winning his first national bodyboarding titles back in 1993 at Ballina. The man has just gone full circle, and when he puts his mind to something, fuck, doesn't he get it done? Um, it's Jesus amazing. Christ, that is, that is such a wild, yeah. wild hiatus. Yeah, years. so long from the ocean. I mean, it's probably going back in and out, but to, to, to compete and to, to really throw down – um, a lot of time and effort into to something and a passion and, and just reconnecting with the ocean in such a special way because we all know what a great bodyboarder 
he was when he um, when he was able to do that sport and 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 what he did for the sport with Unite and his clothing brand and just just his passion towards the sport as we were just speaking about before is is undeniable. So, mate, it's, it's unwavering, it's a, it's a, unwavering yeah. passion. Um, it's a highlight to have twenty for sure. A hundred percent. And then just to even you know top it off even you know a little bit more fucking. I can't even. I can't even think of a good analogy. But even just to top that off further, he went and won the world title for parasurfing over in America um, at Huntington Beach, I believe it was. Um, yeah, it was. That was the biggest yeah, cherry on top. So I forgot to mention you know, that. Yeah, cherry on top. That's what I was looking for. I was reaching. I just couldn't think of it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, thirty-year hiatus, and then you start parasurfing because. Um, you know, fuck, I'm just going to say this the way that it is. He, he had an accident. Um, he's paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair now, so he can't use his legs to engage um, on a bodyboard or like stick his legs in the way to scoop or anything like that. And the most fucking insane piece of footage I think I saw from 2023 was him out at Iluka on a surfboard, like obviously parasurfing. So he lays down on like a it looks like a bit of a fish type shape. Would you agree? Like a, it's got like a Definitely. wider. It seems to be like yeah. a more more volume in there. There's a lot of volume in it, yeah. But he yeah. literally does like the hugest straight air, almost like a epo invert, um, out of this Iluka bowl, and he just gets full body launched, <laughs> and it's just like the best thing I'd ever seen when I saw that, and. You know, there was whispers of him competing. I was like, there's no way this guy's losing. There is no fucking chance this guy's losing when he's launching full-blown fucking inverts on a surfboard, parasurfing. Mate, he's so determined. He just seems like one of those fellas that, again, puts his mind... And I really want to speak to him on this potty. I hopefully link him up. Oh, let's... When I get back from... When I get back from Samoa, why don't you just fly up? So I get back... Uh, so we're actually Riptide. I'm just going to segue into this and then we'll segue back. Riptide and Limited Edition, we're doing a team collab trip over to Samoa. Um, me and the Uso is going to be over there um, filming and then it'll be about a three-week trip. And then when we get back, you should just fly up and we'll drive down and go do a podcast with Joel. Definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm we need to do it in his home gym because that's like I was I was just messing like in his DMs. He was just saying like, you know, I had this photo up in my home gym um, that I trained in two two times a day, six days a week, and he was just so determined to win. So he's just in the gym fucking going hammer and tong um, on his rehab and like staying fit, and he's just looking at this photo of him going, I'm going to fucking win. I'm fucking winning. That is determination, bro. That is mental strength, David Goggins style shit. And yeah. I reckon I couldn't think of a more fit in place than to sit in his, um, sit in the, the his home gym and have a podcast. So Joel, if you listen to this, we're coming down early Feb. Definitely, man. Let's definitely do it that way. I was going to maybe do it over the mic, um, over ring, but yeah, you're definitely right. We'd be way better to do it in person. We were going to try and do it later. Earlier on, um, like later last year, sorry, but yeah, just didn't didn't venture. And he was so busy with so many other commitments and flying home. So yeah, Plus, be, you were be... so busy servicing all the pools of the Shire, mate. Like Christmas <laughs> for, for all of <laughs> us was fucking oh, it was <laughs> gangbusters. 
leading into December, it was, yeah, I'm glad to just be kind of on the back end of that and maybe just taking my um, client list down a little bit next summer eh? because, well, yeah, daddy needs a break. But <laughs> moving on from um, 0.6 to 0.7, bro, let's talk about, and you were here for this, Banks and, and made it kind of happen for, for both you and me, the NMD pool party in Feb, man. Yo. And the got at Urban Surf, man, down in Melbourne. Wow, what a day. Mate, that was – um, you couldn't have asked for more. Like, everything about that, it was uh, – to set the scene for anyone that's been to Urban Surf in Melbourne, Melbourne's not the – Known for its balmy weather, is it, Luke? Um, Certainly not. It's usually four seasons in one day, I'd say. It, it usually is, but fortunate for us, it was just straight up summer and offshore. Um, it was about, what, 30, 32 degrees? 30 degrees, yeah, I think. Yeah, 32, 33. It was um, like a northwester, and it was just... Just bad. straight was offshore. Yeah, it was just straight offshore. So Urban Surf, you know, it does have the walls, being a pool and everything. But you do want it offshore, like the stiff offshore makes it hold up a bit longer, gets a bit heavier, and it's a bit, bit better for a bodyboard. Um, and that was with NMD and VS. So we were down there testing out a bunch of like prototype boards that Mez had shaped up. Um, you, you guys had a bit of a debacle from Sydney trying to get there, getting your flights delayed. Oh, ben man. Looked stressed so out. Yeah. Ben looks really stressed. Yeah, but I think he. Obviously, like was was leading the charge at the airport when we were getting all the flights cancelled, and he was like, "You got to get on this one, get on this one." And I was like, thinking to myself, "I definitely do," but at the same time, I'm over this fucking company, Jetstar. Like we all are. I'm going to another fucking company, company, eh? and I just hopped on Jetstar. another flight. Oh, they're dogs, man! It, there's so much shit going on with them. I know they're cheaper, uh, but not by much. And you just pay fucking through the roof anyway. In the end, you, you pay so much with things. baggage anyway. Just pay the extra fifty bucks for Virgin, and you get free bags. Like fuck. Yeah, and I remember hopping on. I think it was Rex, man. I hopped on Rex, and they were so Yo. sweet. Cruised like it was like almost. I think the flight was cheaper in the end, and then then end up hopping on a Jetstar flight, but it cut way finer. I remember we had the pool from. Was it one till five? Because it was four hours, hey. It was it was like four hours of just like like was, was it beast mode? Fun. You could say beast mode, yeah. Yeah, so it he cut it super fine, man. Like so like my flight, so I got in just to finish that off. My flight got in at yeah, 11. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. I got to the wave pool at like eleven forty five, just cruising. And then he ended up getting there with a couple of other fellas at like Fuck man, twelve forty five, twelve fifty. Oh, that's just, right. I ended up getting there before it. him. Yeah, it was a. It definitely was a debacle. Remember, there was there was a Harry Styles concert on in Melbourne, I think, too, man. And every oh, that's right. Um, on the East Coast was just heading down there to to gaze up at him with an iPhone and a flash and just stare for two hours. <laughs> so, like, we, were, we were in a lot of trouble, eh? But, yeah, we, we got there. Man, and what a day it was, can't man. You're so right. Four hours of offshore waves. Right. Three foot of pure beast, and Tide was there just filming up a storm. There was Tide um, was there getting Matty getting Ryan old. was there. Man, Matt Van was there. Uh, yeah, I didn't wear a wetty the whole time. I didn't wear a wetty the whole day. I was just straight up in my boardies. It was that good. Yeah, the um, pool was like 19, 20 degrees, unheard of. Man, that it was, was so yeah. nice, and it was so good watching like BP and Winnie. Like, still, like the boys have still got it, eh? Like, it's oh, it's fucking. 
Man, I reckon I still fucking surfed it better than him, but I don't know. Ah, <laughs> dude, I, you know who I enjoyed watching, bro? I enjoyed watching as a glosser. I love watching him DK, but then I also love watching his dad, bro. Yo, his dad was lit. That was actually so he good to watch. On beast mode and did not give a fuck. Like, got lit pretty heavily a couple of times and kept going back for more, like a pig at the trough. Bro, absolute pig in mud. He was fucking getting right up at eight. It was actually so fun to watch. And then obviously, like, going across the road after to, um, what's the hotel called? I always Silence. Silence. Yeah, I've silence. Got such a weird like, one, man. You don't sleep oh, in those rooms either, for many a reason, but you ain't sleeping. Nah. I, I get, <laughs> I just get fucking anxiety whenever I hear silence. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we ended up, you and I ended up having a big one and, like, we didn't even – I don't think we slept. We just ended up straight back at the airport. And I just remember I just remember us being so busted up. And I was like, look, bro, the only way we can get through this is having vodka oranges with extra pulp. And I've ordered like eight vodka oranges at like six in the morning. Oh. And you're going, you're going, bro, I'm not – I can't drink that. I can't oh, fucking I drink it. I could not believe you were – I was just like – after being chauffeured around Melbourne by Ty all night, like <laughs> – Going to like a doff of the ca- a doff of the cap to a doff of the cap to Tig for taking us oh, on the most right. insane night in Melbourne. Yeah, what a, like what an absolute legend! He's got so many connections, and not saying that house party <laughs> was super weird, but it was just a different scenario ending up at like. It was fucking weird as shit, bro. It was so weird. <laughs> in the birds here, but um, yeah, that was an intense time, and what a great like scenario it is if you can just hop on the or flight down like i know there's wave pools open up on the gold coast and sydney and you know perth and, and there's wave pools up open everywhere but you know setting up with the restaurant in there setting up with the hotel across the road the in and out booking of the sessions i know you can't control the wind but i mean if you get one of those beast mode sessions on an offshore setting i don't care what anyone says if it's your first time doing it you're having a fucking great time bros you know what i mean you know what Wave pools first open up, Elliot, and people were kind of semi-talking down. They're like, oh, it's two to three foot, like, not even three foot, like, da, da, da. and then you kind of go there and realise, like, holy shit, when these things jacked up, it's pretty proper. Like, you have so much fun. Bro, I, I was kind of one of those guys that was like, yeah, wave pool, that's gay. And then when I went there, I was like, this Me is too. the best thing I've ever done. This is the best thing I've ever done. I do. Right. I... I I totally fucking agree. It's one of those ones where you just, yeah, it's, you don't have the expectations high, which is which is all time, and I think that's what um, what's the, it's the best way to go into it. Just think of it as an artificial wave and have your expectations low. But when you go on a morning session or a nighttime session, when the beast modes usually are, except for that NMD wave pool party, which I highly encourage everyone to go on next year or this year coming up if they do it again, um, is just like the night the 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 look out of the barrel in the morning of the nighttime session is, is it's, it's cosmic. It's, it's just something you've never really experienced before because you can't light up a barrel at nighttime on the, on, on the best occasion, really. Like I know people have tried with flashes and they're things you can put on and, and you pick Jamie O's, use flares and all this kind of stuff. And it, it's a hundred percent. Like I, like a, there's a lot of crew up here that surf snapper at night. And like, you know, that's on a full moon, clear night. You've got the Gold Coast lights and it still is like pretty fucking dark as opposed to when you're at the wave pool and the whole thing's lit up, but it's got that weird black sky, blue water, 
It's got the shimmer of light through it as the barrel's pitching over. Like, it's just fucking cool. It is so cool, man. It's trippy, and it's definitely the future, man. And speaking about Tiger and, and uh, all the, the epic chauffeuring you did for us that night, let's talk about on the point eight for the top ten moments, man. Let's just recap a couple of the potties that we've been lucky enough to get going this year. And Tiger would have to be at the top of the list there for someone who was so happy to speak his mind and give his honest opinion on his experience in the boo world and his his creative prowess, man. Like, it's been... That was a, that was a sick one for me. I, I enjoyed it heaps. The tiger, bro. Well, I enjoyed listening to it as well. Like I don't, there's like I don't always agree with what Tiger has to say, but you know, once again, credit where credit's due. He just says what he thinks, which is like, fuck. I'd rather, I'd rather you tell me you hate my guts to my face rather than be nice to me. And not saying that Tiger has said that to me, but you know, that's the analogy that I'm trying to make. But um, yeah, I don't always agree with everything Tiger says, but. I think he's he's always worth listening to. You know what I mean? Um, oh, for sure. A hundred percent. And that that podcast to listen to was just, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because it's just a, a fucking wild ride. It's just so interesting. Um, <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon that or the, oh, I reckon probably just because we were there and it was and because of who it was, but Chris White, the, the one that we did at Strachan Studio in Sydney City, that that have, would have to have been, and that was just a big weekend for me in general, to be honest. But like that whole episode was just like, fuck, can you really beat that? We're in a real nice fucking studio. Um, we had like all all the gear, no idea. Strapping was there <laughs> to you know rein it all in, and he he was you know clued up enough to know what he was doing because it's his profession. And then the boys flew in from Perth. Got it going. Me and um, me and Buddha basically had our own podcast in the, in the engineer room, but we just I was just up. about to say that. Hey, eh? I was just laughing <laughs> because I remember you saying the whole time that me and Wyatt are out there speaking for about now and twenty round half. You were just going ham with Buddha in the back, which you know shows the quality of the fella he is. What a fucking good bloke, old Buddha. Oh, he's a he's a good kind of. Eh? Oh, yeah, man, he's I'm funny. Just... He's a comedian. He's got so much going on. Like he's. Yeah, he's a he's really podcast really quick witted. Yeah, and he's so good at podcasting, and he he has the same sort of mannerisms and the same sense of humor as one of my really good friends. So it kind of like made me think that I was just talking to one of my mates, and it was just everything was the same. You, you say something, and before you've even finished your sentence, he's got a really quick witted thing like as a comeback, and it's not always like a comeback, but it's like just something like to make you laugh. Like he's not trying to like make fun of anyone. He's just trying to make other people laugh. And it's so like him and Whitey compliment each other so much because they don't really try and like, you know, make anyone the subject of their joke or like make, um, get laughs at someone else's expense. They kind of just take the piss really hard out of each other and out of themselves and then just make other people laugh through being genuine funny blokes. Yeah, 110%. They're just geniuses of being themselves generally and just having the humour roll for tongue, which is so cool. Like that's that's when you know someone's just happy within their, themselves and they're just um, they're confident within their, their their own existence, which is cool. Eh? It's almost calming to be around. 100%, bro. Um, fuck, moving on. Are we up to number nine now? Right, we're up to number nine, bro. Um, I reckon... Probably... Yeah, you go, sorry. I mean, hogging oh, it. I was... 
I was, <laughs> bro, I'm kind of, I'm, my laptop's died, so I'm just kind of, kind of freeballing this because I don't even have what were my favorite things in front of me. I think um, for me, just a really big thing, just, you know, you and I being in the position that we are where we see everything that's bodyboarding related. Um, I think for me was seeing the amount of local crews around Australia that did their own premieres and made their own feature length movies and did something just on their own backs. Like there was um, the guys in, uh, in the Bay, like boxy boys. Um, they did family room. I think it was yes, called family room, man. That was family a sick room. Game. Yeah. And, and like the meaning behind it was mad too, where they were just all like, you know, we've all got kids, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so the resurgence of Mitch Woodland, man, that was sick to watch. Oh, bro, he's just, he's one of those guys where it was just our generation, just, he was so big at that point in time and watching him come back, you know, from WA and move back to the Bay, he's randomly a psychologist now and he just surfed so good. It was he just so good. Today. Nah, nah, you could, look, how can you be back if you never left? Um, present at all times yeah that's it and then you know and then um you've got boys from Wollongong you've got Dobbo made his goodbye film and he premiered that at um the gray space is that what is that what the venue's called with um Brendo's venue yeah well so they uh, the gray space podcast is like what they would come under I guess with some of the events that they ran but they did a lot of stuff out of um there was was one at Balambi um industrial area and there's a really cool complex out there that houses a lot of different um like shops outlets but also houses different oh yeah events and spaces it's, it's it's really cool actually i was blown away when i went there i'm like holy fuck this is this is an epic space because you've got so much room for like food trucks and you've got different sections you can call and off you've got live bands there like it was, it was pretty wild and this is just you know this is just setting up Basically, you've just helped me pick my next venue for the next film that we make. Because Boy, honestly, that you, you you would not go wrong there early day. That's so right, man. I'm serious. That's man, and and that's the thing is like I like look. I'm not the film guy, and I'm not the creative guy. I do have a lot of fucking ideas, and and I'll I'll throw my hat into the ring where need be. But what I really want to do is collaborate with more and more brands. Um, whether they're new, whether they're emerging, whether they're well cemented into the industry. Like I put a poll on the Riptide channel saying, who do you want to see um, a, uh, you know, the next collaborative um, project with? Um, <clears throat> I think majority of the votes went to science. So I would love to see a pro, but like, you know, I've reached out to science and they haven't got back to me for whatever fucking reason. But, you know, imagine <laughs> seeing like Tanner, Shaden and Amides Oliveris just on a three-week trip somewhere. It doesn't have to be like a 40-minute movie. It can be a 25-minute movie. And then science can just use that as marketing material. We fucking showcase the movie. We put on more events. The boo community gets stronger. We create more of these events. That's that's yeah. the goal. So I, I would love, you know, tying back into, you know, Dobbo, Dobbo's film and his premiere and then the, the Boxy Boys premiere. We just want, I would love to see more of that go down. Um, and anyone that is, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they do want to do, um, you know, they've got a local movie and they want to put on an event, reach out to us, send us a DM so that we can, you know, have a yarn about it. If it's mad, then 
why not just have Riptide support it? We'll chuck it on the cinema and we'll come along and help people sell tickets and help everyone have a good night. That's that's the end goal, isn't it, really? 100%. You don't have to look also at the Cone premiere that you supported too, Elliot. And, oh, um, yo, Cone. You know I, I, mean? I, knew, I knew there was another one. Cone was lit. Everyone got right up that, eh? I understand. Cone was like, Andrew Hoff did an amazing job bringing that all together. Sick foot. Big up, Hoff. Big Hoff made it happen, a life project, and he had a sick response at South Nile Bowling Club. We all got pretty loose and carried on through the night. And, yeah, it was it was sick. It was just another good thing that you would, you would just reference in all these boo films coming out. And even, like, for, you know, I know they had a great showing at the um, Above Movie premiere there. I think that was in Paddington. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you've got, like, also Roadkill that came out. I know that wasn't a... Um, a, a live that was more of just like a that was, that was like an online yeah but probably one of the best releases going around in 2023 eh? like let's bro, talk about hectic, bro. Holy yeah, let's, let's let's bro. take a step back and we'll talk about roadkill because that was <laughs> fucking nuts um man like steph has to i remember i saw a clip of steph cockerellis yeah i hope i'm saying his name right i saw that a clip of him surfing Portugal like fucking eight years ago. And I was like, this this guy rips. And then he's just gotten better and better, has like a really like mature style, surf so good. Then you've got Liam Lucas, who's just Liam. And then you've got Tristan, who just refuses to even acknowledge a barrel. All he does is just look for ramps. Like the guy is like dead set in that roadkill film. Um where were they surfing? They're surfing conies. They were surfing like one of the biggest slabs in Australia. And he's just not even looking at the barrel. He's just looking at the end bowl. Yeah, kind of psycho. Eh? When, you, when you think about his like, approach he's taking, not in a negative way at all, but just in a unique way that he really has got. And, and there are bodyboarders out there. Like I'm sure Jacob Romero is much the same. You know, Jeff Hub, where the, he also gets big barrels, but air seem more his thing. Like, there are people that prioritise an air section more over a barrel, but it's quite evident with Tristan surfing in this day and age. Like, see, you know, for example, to compare with Tanner, there seems to be a mix. There seems to be a real good, healthy mix yeah, of barrel yeah. and and an air set. Where Tristan looks like he's got an unhealthy obsession with airs, which you know is tongue in cheek because it is super healthy. Also, because he's got the best air game in the world at the moment, and some of those fucking air forwards out the cone is. Mind fucking boggling. He's going so high. He read that wave so well, and he was going for those unbroken, whomping sections that were just sending him into the stratosphere. That cunt's on another level. <laughs> Some of the he does this one rev, and it's like straight out of the bowl, and it's kind of like like I don't even who you it actually kind of would look like something Harb or Romero would do, where it's just so like. It was like a blatant backy bowl or like an air forward bowl, and he just somehow busts a rev out of it, and the cunt's just off his fucking head. Like it's just so insane to watch that shit happen. It's just wild. Um, so fuck, doff of the cap to Tristan, a doff of the cap to Roadkill. Um, yeah, man, definitely, man. If, like all, if you, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Like fuck, it's it's pretty fucking nuts. It is, man. It is. It's one of those. Um, it's one of those comps. Uh, one of those comps. One of those movies. Sorry, that 
it just didn't want you – you didn't want it to end. Your eyes didn't dart away from it at any stage. And, you know, in this day and age where we are kind of um, programmed to have less of an attention span, I could easily – The second that, – the average three-second attention span um, is average engagement on um, – from statistically speaking, from like our statistics, the average engagement is three seconds. So it's pretty to kind of touch on, I'm assuming what you were going to say, so correct me if I'm wrong, it's pretty um, refreshing to see something that lasts a bit longer than three seconds and holds your attention for longer than three seconds. Dude, 100%, you know, and it is. When you see it and when it grabs you and you stop everything you're doing in this day and age, it's a big thing because you know it's a masterpiece. And said Bullard, when he's behind something, like, you know, we've given a lot of doffs out in this episode tonight, but full doff of the cap to... Big, big doff. Big, big, big doff. Oh, the Everything he touches turns to gold, and he has a real, um, a real, a real eye for good filming, eh? And just good bergen and just good editing, and, yep, keep it coming, cunts. I'll guzzle it up all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, fucking <laughs> oh. Oi, dude, I'm struggling to think what our number 10 was, Elliot. Did you remember? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to – I certainly don't remember, but what I am going to suggest is number 10 uh, – actually, I was going to – I was going <laughs> to – I'm going to have to edit this out because I've just completely fucking dropped the ball here. Um let me, One, not number laptop. 10. Yeah, that's all right. We can solve for a second. We can just cut where you want to do. But I'm just yeah, thinking, well, I don't know. Goodbye film, pool party, Whitey, Taylor, uh, Mike drama. We didn't go into that. Yeah, we, we kind of, oh, we kinda of did. Marika, Shark Island, Java, Roadkill. Let's just say, um, let's just wait, say. Wait, actually, wait, dude, let's, let's really round it out with something cute, if you don't mind. That's what I was about. trying to do. I was trying to be cute, and I just couldn't think of anything cute. <laughs> no, no, I, I feel you. I was struggling too. I was hoping, hoping you had something because I was, I was blanking. But Ayaka um, surfing while she's pregnant, bro, and just like all the shit yeah, she's still doing. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll come back in in three, two, one. Dude, I was thinking about number ten. That's it, Ayaka Suzuki. With her bub at what is it, twenty eight weeks now, almost thirty weeks. Oh, she's still burgering. <laughs> some of the DK sessions she's getting out, some of her um, waves there in Hawaii, bro. That like regular, regular spots at her and Max Surf, especially because they love the DK. Man, she is she's bringing this baby into the world as a water boog baby. It's going to be core as fuck. This thing, it, bro. This is going to be the most core fucking baby of all time. Like what, bro? It's actually like to be honest. Like this is my honest opinion. When I first saw that, I was so scared because I don't know why. Like you've got kids, I don't. But like you know, I, I always get really like scared. Like for my mates who are pregnant or like my mates partners who are pregnant where I'm like, no, no one touch her. Like I just get really worried for the babies. And then when I see like, I, and I have no idea why it's just such a weird, irrational fear. Um, and then I see Ayaka bodyboarding 28 weeks pregnant. That's more than halfway, isn't it? Isn't that like three quarters of the way? Yeah. Usually a pregnancy goes between like 38 to 42 weeks. 42 yeah. Weeks. So like, fuck, man, she's like that bun is almost done. And she's fucking bodyboarding. Like, I was just like, this is wild. But you, you do, thank God she was decaying. 
But um, sure. I mean, you, you you definitely raise a very good point. That is going to be the most core lord boog baby of all time, I reckon. Oh, and one of the best ever to 2023, booging all the way up to your due date pretty much and getting that close. Like, you know, you, you, you've got to trust that she's got the feel, intuition in her body and everything's all good and she's feeling good doing it. So, you know, I know there are probably some people out there that might be reserved about it and, and might not go down that path. And that's sweet too, but myself and, and yourself, dude, and, and the fellas here at Riptide, I reckon we've just been blown away by, one, the froth, and two, just... What that baby will do, eh? And what that baby will um, bring in, in generations to come. Top 10, 2023, and that baby's rounding it out. I reckon that's – it's so cool. Yo, so, say less, say less. I reckon that rounds it out. Bruh, God damn. It's been a treat, eh? It's been a treat wrapping up 2023 and picking through the nitty-gritty that made up our year in, in, in Bergen. And obviously I know there would be some other moments we haven't touched on. Please feel free – um, and I know I'll be an extra. Shoot us some DMs. Shoot yeah. us some DMs. Slide in there. Slide in, lad. Slide in, lad. Just <laughs> empty. What is it? The clip. Empty the clip into our inbox. You know what I mean? Just, just, yeah. yeah just, just a bit of a pull the trigger till the clip's empty, my bros. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, it is with some what? other stuff. We definitely want some talking points, and we wouldn't. Want, Mike could even do like a little follow-up episode too if we if we got some more. Um, Points we didn't, we didn't we didn't touch on, but all ears, people, all ears. One one hundred one hundred. Um, now, Luke, you usually ask everyone what their um what their closeout song would be, not closeout song, but what their their song would be to close out the podcast. Have you got anything in mind for us, my bro? Bras, you put me on. <laughs> How's I put you on the spot before you could put me on the spot? I know, I know, but it it's definitely a a good thing. I mean. I would have to say lately I've been really getting into um, Pure Imagination by Gene Wilder. Um, Pure Imagination bit, by Gene Wilder. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a trip. I've used it on a couple of reels lately and I'm just so into the Willy Wonka songs because he was the original Willy Wonka. Um, and, yeah, I'd love to close out with that because it gives everyone a little bit of a twinkle in the eye, a little bit of hope for a bit of magic in 2024. Hey, let's just seal it off with that. Hey, yo, couldn't have sealed it off my better, my bro. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Everyone enjoy. Giddy up, bro. (laughs) Just in your imagination. Don't be shy. It's all right. If you feel a little trepidation. Sometimes these things don't need explanation If you want to view paradise Simply look at them and view it Somebody to hold on to all we really need nothing else to it Cut.
Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin, traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and Change the world, there's nothing to it. There is no life I know.